His relationship. And in Acts chapter 7 and verse 48, he is coming to the end of this a little sermonette that he was given to them. He says, however, the Most High does not dwell in houses made by human hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and earth is the footstool of my feet. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what place is there for my repose? Was it not my hand which made all these things? You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You who received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. Now when they heard this, you can imagine these, as Stephen called them, these stiff-necked people, these followers of tradition and laws were cut to the quick. And they began gnashing their teeth at him. And they began to drive him out of the city. And they began to stone him to death. And in Acts chapter 8, we read about Saul. I want you to get an understanding of who Saul was as a devout religious follower of the law. You can get a picture of this in the first three verses of Acts chapter 8. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. But Saul began ravaging the church entering house after house and dragging off men and women and he would put them in prison. This was Saul. One of the great persecutors of the early church. This was religion on full display, which is what I stated earlier, is full of tradition and full of rituals and full of self-indulgence and pride and arrogance and selfish attitudes and judgmentalism. But religion doesn't stop a move of God. It cannot compete with the power of God. It cannot contain the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And it will never stop miracles and signs and wonders from taking place. Amen. And more importantly, it will not stop Jesus Christ from saving even the most wretched person you can think of. Think about that today. As we go through this, think about how Jesus Christ saves even the most wretched person you could ever think of. The love and, of grace, love and grace of Jesus Christ has no limits when it comes to salvation. We often look through our religious prism at people and determine who can and can't be saved. 
But it is religion that has filtered the minds of people. The power of the gospel will forever be the change agent of humanity. It is what displaces sin. The power of sin. Sinful behavior. Sinful habits. Sinful desires with a newness of life, mind, soul, and spirit. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that change agent. And it is what happened to Saul. Saul was dragging people from their homes. He was threatening them with imprisonment and with murder if they didn't stop talking about and following Jesus and the teachings of the disciples. But then suddenly he was stopped in his tracks on his way to Damascus. And a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and he heard the voice of God saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and it will be told to you what you must do. Acts chapter 9 and verse 10, there was a disciple at Damascus and his name was Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he's praying. And he has seen a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go. For he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel for I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed and he entered the house. And after laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the chapter earlier, Saul was dragging people from their house. Persecuting the church. Participating in stoning people to death for their following of Jesus Christ and the teachings of the disciples. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And immediately 
there fell from his eyes something like scales and he regained his sight and he got up and he was baptized. This was the power of the gospel on display to the generation, to that generation and generations to come. This is why I say we can't look through the prism of religion and count anyone out for Jesus Christ. Saul was the one who was the most hated men by the Christians in that day. He did his very best to disrupt everything that was going on in the early church by threatening imprisonment up to and including murder. But when his life changed, we immediately begin to see a different man. Acts chapter 9 and verse 19. Now for several days he was with the disciples, speaking of Saul, who were at Damascus and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue saying, He is the Son of God. All those hearing him continued to be amazed and were saying, Is this not he who in Jerusalem destroyed those? who called on this name and who had come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priest. But Saul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived at Damascus by proving that this Jesus is the Christ. This is what happens when you shed religion for relationship. This is what happens when you shed religion for relationship with Jesus Christ, there's something that happens to a person who will do what Jesus stated in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24, where he said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus invited Saul to follow him when he struck him down on the road to Damascus. Now Saul's conversion story is dramatic. But sometimes God needs to get the attention of people he wants as followers. And Saul still had to get up. He still had to get up and follow the Lord's instructions. But this great conversion turns into one of the most authentic examples of a relationship with God we have on record in the early church because Saul, who is also referred to as Paul, became one of the most influential writers in the Bible. His letters in the New Testament give us insight on how our relationship with God and each other should happen in this life. He took the teachings of the disciples who were with Jesus and expounded on them to the churches. And in his letter to the church of Philippi, he gives us deep meaning on what a relationship with Jesus should look like. This is not a religious statement. This is a challenge to us as believers who want to be followers of Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8, he writes, More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found 
in you. Not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know Him. That I may know Him. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I already obtained it or have already become perfect. He says, don't don't put that on me. I'm not a perfect human. Even in all the things that I'm saying here, surpassing the value of Christ Jesus, my Lord. That I may know Him in the power and in the fellowship of sufferings. I'm not obtained. I'm not a perfect person. But I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. And he writes, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is religion versus relationship. If there is anything in your life right now that is more important and more pressing than your relationship with God, I would ask you to think long and hard about it. My family is blessed beyond measure. We have grown up together in church. I've been around this my whole life. But if there's anything about the church in me that is religious and does harm to my relationship with God, I want it out of my way and I want it out of my life. Religion is a mindset that keeps you from experiencing relationship with God. Paul was so preoccupied with keeping the law that he forced others to do the same. He forced them into his life into His mold, into His way, into His belief. But when He came into relationship with Jesus Christ, His heart and His soul and His mind changed. And it is what Jesus desires for humanity. Relationship relationship oh God give us a hunger for relationship with you not that we can go through life and check the box of laws and traditions not that we can be self-indulgent not that we can be prideful about who we are that we can be arrogant about what we are but let us submit ourselves to you Understanding that nothing that we have is because of us. But it's only because of our relationship with God. There are three things we must do as Christians to ensure we are in relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Because relationship with God doesn't happen one day a week. Relationship with God doesn't happen one day a week. It doesn't happen when you come here. It doesn't happen on Wednesday. Relationship with God. Yes, those things enhance our relationship with God. They bring together the body of Christ. That we might find strength and encouragement. That we might get our souls fed with a challenge from the word. But a relationship with God is a daily experience. I know these are things you haven't heard, but I, I felt to revisit that today. Because the world around us is spinning out of control. And there's only one foundation that you should build your life. And that is upon Jesus Christ. He is that solid rock foundation that if you will hold to Him, if you will believe on Him, if you will have relationship with Him, then your entire existence will be forever changed. Religion would tell you that church on Sunday is all that you need. Relationship, though, is a daily commitment. It is a daily journey. So, the first thing is that we must pray daily. Not simple. Simple. But so powerful. Because your prayer is your conversation with God. Oh God, make me into the man that I need to become. Oh God, help me to be what you want me to be. Help me, Lord, not to be prideful. Help me, Lord, not to allow myself to... Uh, to be a person of religiosity. But help me to follow you. I submit myself to you. It's conversation with God. God, speak into my life. Speak into my spirit. Let your word speak to me as I read it. And that is the second thing. Reading the word of God. We must read God's word. We must understand that this is where Life instruction happens. This is where you understand how to have relationship. This is where you understand God's expectations. This is where you get joy and peace. when You read the word of God. And the third thing is to love and show grace to people. Love. And showing grace to others is your outflow of your relationship with God. The first two are the inbox. Speaking in terms that we would understand today. We have email. We're emailing back and forth to God. It is our inbox. God, speak to me. Send me emails. Speak to my life. I want to read them. I want to understand them. But we must have an outflow. We must have a way to reach out to people. We must have a way to show God's love to others. That is part of our relationship with God. Because the first two can become a religious tradition. 
The first two can become religious ritual. Say, how can that be? Because you can begin to check the box. Check. I read the word today. Check. I prayed today. All right, I'm good. I can go on. I can be myself. No. It's an alignment with what God wants you to do that day. God, help me to stand where you want me to stand. Walk where you want me to walk. Talk to who you want me to talk to. Help me, Lord, to be divinely appointed in my life. Our commitment to relationship over, over religion keeps us humble. It keeps us aligned with God's purpose for our lives. It helps us keep pressing toward the mark. You'll stand with me today as, as I begin to close. Musicians, worship team comes back to the platform. You might be saying these are such simple things. Yet Jesus confounded those who thought they were wise with very simple examples and teachings. Read through the Gospels and tell me that Jesus didn't use simple examples to explain how to live life more abundant. He talks about building a house on the sand or building a house on a rock. A firm foundation. How many houses would you like to live in that were built on sand? I'm looking for the hands. I don't see any. Because we don't build houses that way. We build houses on firm foundations. And so a very example, the very example illustrated by Jesus in the simple teaching of His Word to people of that day. Something that we can relate to today. That our lives must be built on Jesus Christ and nothing less. The firm foundation. The solid rock by which I stand. We must align ourselves with God's purpose for our lives. It helps us keep pressing toward the mark. Many get off track with religion when they don't spend time in relationship. They get confused. And I would say that those in the Christian world, many check the box of religion. Especially when they become famous. They begin to have the light shine on them instead of the light shining on them. The key to growth as a disciple of Jesus Christ is in your personal relationship with Him. There is nothing more important. Nothing. There's nothing that can replace it. There's nothing that will take you farther in this life than a relationship with God. 
nothing. There is nothing. And it is by the power of the gospel that you can come into relationship with Jesus Christ through repentance. By saying, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the things that I've done in my life. I want to align myself with you. I want to turn my life around. I repent and I'm sorry right now. All of us should stay in a posture of repentance. In relationship with him. But then there's also the waters of baptism, which we come to and many have experienced and Marissa experienced last week. And we're so thankful for that, that she experienced baptism in Jesus name. Which washes away our sins. And then. The receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That power. From Jesus Christ. His spirit living in us. How powerful is that? To receive that. If you want that today, you can have that today. All you have to do is ask him. All you have to do is say, God, I want a deeper relationship with you. I'm sorry for my sins and I. I just want to move forward. I want to press toward the mark of relationship. I want to get religion out of the way. I want to get things out of my life that don't line up with you. Fill me with the power of your spirit. And he can do it. Amen. As the worship team begins to sing, won't you make your way to the altar today? Every one of us here today should have a challenge from the word of God. Every one of us today should have something that we need to talk to God about today. Am I religious, oh God? Or am I in relationship with you? Oh, yes. Speak to us right now, Lord. Speak to us right now. Falling in love with Jesus. It's the best thing I've ever Oh. 